Yes, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Thank you for joining us once again, Dominion Sonship, coming live to you today. Today, 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 we are alive today. The glory, the glory of God is present, alive in the midst of us. And we are in the midst of him. Glory be to God. Alive, alive. We are alive today. I do have a message and... Um, I, uh, the Holy Spirit is tracking on the same path because that's who he is. Uh, one mind, one utterance. He is the very mind of God revealed to us by the Spirit. And what I have been on is really the way I have lived life for, for, for a long season now. And, um, it's how the Holy Spirit has disclosed the Word of God to me and that really it is the press of faith and that nothing in the natural can facilitate this forward momentum of God without the natural coming to naught in our life, without the natural being rendered dead by us and making decisions on a moment-by-moment -moment basis that the only life is found in him, that he alone is life and that his word is living utterance. His word is living streams to me when the Holy Spirit reads the word to me, when I put my gaze on this living stream, the living stream, which is really the spirit of the Lord, moves me into greater life, greater life, greater life and I have often seen myself I had a night vision regarding this as a leaf as a leaf on the living river and 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 going to tributaries being led solely by the current of the river and that is who we are now in Christ we are fully yielded fully surrendered fully his fully his say I'm his I'm his I am his alone I'm, I'm his for him to do as he wills and I tell you there's no higher life there's no greater life there's no deeper life than this life of the spirit to know that you're moving in the very momentum of divine planning to know you're moving in the very movement of the divine spirit of the living God to know that you're being propelled into greater life and unveiling which we call revelation of living truth that this is not just a book that we must 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 read and if we don't, don't, don't read, then we are bad, bad, bad. No, 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 no. This is alive. This is alive. The very vine, the vine that we are placed into. This is living food, living stream. This is a live word. This is not a mustard chore. This is a, I want to do reality. Shilibandria. Angelic movement. Mm. My. There's an angelic movement. Mm. Give him the glory today. Give him the glory today. Our God. Our God has a passion for us. Our God has a passion for us. And when we read his word of passion, <laughs> it's all consuming fire. 
It's all consuming fire. It is the eyes of Jesus glazing us pure fire and his mouth as sharp sword, a double-edged sword that's cutting asunder soul and spirit and discerning the very intent of my heart, of my life, of my desire. What is Desi about today? What is Desi about today? Is she about the kingdom of the heavenly father? Yes. That is my desire. And what I, what I, what I recognize with the movement of the Spirit is fine tuning, fine tuning desire. He is fine-tuning desire, the very chambers of my soul, the very chambers of my inner man are being fine-tuned in this hour that we call the renewing of the mind. Allow the pure stream of the Word of God to wash off all the debris of that which is caked on and stuck on from the world, the maya, the filth, the tragedy, the sorrow, the not having enough, that I'm always falling behind, I'll never make it ahead. All of that is zero, nothing, nothing, nothing. It's not eternal reality unless you choose to situate yourself in it and then you're going to go nowhere. But God has a plan. He's got a destiny. He's got a life for you, for me called the Christ life. And so today I have a title. Press for release. Press for release. We can say a press for a release, or we can say the press for the release. But you can put the article, or he let him put the article, because each moment we look slightly different. But right, the words, I heard these three words, press for release. Press for release. And so... Last week was hard pressed, not crushed from 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8. But I'm not going to start there. I'm going to go back to the initial verse that I felt the Lord impressed me to go with, uh, fight the good fight of faith. And I'll just move as he leads me here. And let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. We have to be mindful that this is a call. This is a holy summoning that we're called into a living life. A living life that is not a walk in the park, but is alive by what? Living streams and green pastures. But it's where, set right there at that table, the place of our abode that we dine from is set in the midst of our enemies. And so when we come into this Christian reality, we come into spiritual reality. And this is what Paul is communicating to his spiritual son, the pastor, I believe, in the church of Ephesus. And uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11. But you, O man of God, right after he spoke about the love of money being the root of all kinds of evil and that many have ensnared themselves in that way by taking the gospel of Christ for personal gain. And so here comes the statement in verse 11, Paul to Timothy, but you, O man of God, but you, O man of God, or you, woman of God, flee these things, flee the, the earthly uh, gl glitter of things, the, the earthly attractions of wanting to have you and mesmerize you. 
There are false security that tells you if you go this way by the world, the wide road, it only leads to destruction. Although, although there might be pleasure for a season, like the word says that there is pleasure for a season in sin, but we know the wages of sin where it takes you. Whether you want to go there or you don't want to go there, if you hook up with the world and the sin that is living and thriving in the world, we will go where? Destruction. We'll not do this today because we'll flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith. And this is what we're about today. We're pursuing righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. And in this pursuit is what comes into verse 12. This pursuit looks like the fight, the fight of the good faith. The good fight of faith. But you, all men of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, pursue godliness, pursue faith, pursue love. That is the, that's the love of God. Not the mushy, carnal, fleshy thing that we call love. False compassion. Patience, gentleness. And that love has self-control in it. That love has a discipline in it. There are, we live solely to God. And that the love that I know is the love of my heavenly Father. Through His through his son, the merciful servant, Christ. And in his love is all love. In his love is my life. And it looks like an attaining, a pursuing, a pursuit, not of something that is fleeting from us, but something that is highly contended against us. Flesh, number one, fallen thoughts, carnal mindset, naysayers. You're too radical now. You're too extreme. You've gone overboard now. They call you crazy. Come back to the middle ground. Don't go that ditch or this ditch. Just travel the middle road. I'll tell you, the most compromised road is the middle road where Jesus says, look warm as heels, spit out. Be the fervently in the one, in the one burning fiery furnace of the living word of the living God, or you will find yourself in another fiery furnace of sin that's engaged your flesh and put it on fire. And that what is hard to put off. But thank God for the mercy of God, even if we catch ourselves in those false fires. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, and the power of this word can take us right back, right back in theirs on the right moment. The, the passions that we have are for him. So fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And so when I, when I, over, I think it's, it's about four weeks now, I've been really meditating this fight, the good 
fight our faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. I am not talking about natural human striving. <laughs> There's nothing my outer man can do to fight the good fight of faith. Actually, this is a place of surrender to the very love of God. This is the place where it's no longer I and my lofty little creativity of how I can be a better Christian today. How I can be a better example of what Christ was like on earth today. No, it is being yielded to the true fight within me. The Word of God, mighty Holy Spirit that was poured in our hearts to reveal the very love of God, to teach us patience, to form godly character in us. And this is what the good fight of faith is. is being fully yielded to truth. And allow the truth that is hid in your heart to battle the carnal mindset and to bring it down. But you see, you have to engage. You do have a say-so in this moment. And the say-so that Desi Schneider has, Desi, it's not going to be your way today, nor ever. Desi, if you want to walk the narrow way that leads to life, Desi, there's only one way you can do this. Back to the Word you go, Desi. Renew your mind, Desi. Stay put in the prayer moment, Desi. Worship Him alone, Desi. See Him alone, Desi. I talk to myself. And I thank God in His loving mercy and sense of humor. Because I talked to myself so much, he gave me a camera to talk to those that he'll lead to listen. But this comes from my own private meditation. The good fight of faith is not the fight of your flesh. It's not how strong you are as a human vessel, human being, to withstand pressure because you've gone through so many things already. Now you're skilled in making it through trouble. No. It's about being skilled in being led by the Holy Spirit out of every snare. Out of every snare. That we as Jesus can say Satan has nothing on us because we are part of his body. I want to read the New Living Translation uh, in John 6. If you want to go to John 6, 63, it's really just the one verse here or maybe a couple. Let's see how many. John 6, 63. I'm reading the New Living now. The Spirit alone. These are the words of Jesus. These are the words of the flesh of the Word of God. These are the words of the Word made flesh. These are the words of the one we call Savior. These are the words of the one that we call Master. Jesus, he only speaks truth and the word of God says that in truth there is no lie. And what he says to us, the spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, his spirit, the spirit of the Father, alone, the spirit alone, solely, solely gives eternal life.
human effort accomplishes nothing. Flesh counts for nothing. So when we read, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, we're not talking about human effort accomplishing something for God. We're talking about an identity that is Christ alone in me doing the work now. And that is a constant putting down of pride and arrogance. That is a constant, a constant um, momentum of yielding to the spirit of discerning what is all tradition versus living reality. What is religious, dead, 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 availing nothing versus what is of the spirit, the spirit that gives life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words, this is Jesus speaking, the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. And so when we're talking about fighting the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, what are we talking about? Lay hold on the one that says, I speak the words I speak. They are spirit and they are life. I'm talking about the strength of your spirit man to lay hold on the maturity of the word of God. I'm talking about you having a discipline in the outer man to push everything aside as we read last week from, from, from Hebrews 12, looking unto Jesus. That word looking means to take your gaze from everywhere else and fix your gaze on Jesus alone. Now that takes a discipline, a training of the spirit, but also you yielding to the gift of self-control. Now that is the fight of faith. That is the fight of faith that does not come naturally. Nothing in your outer man wants to engage in this fight of faith because it is pure crucifixion to your carnal mindset of how you live in this world, to your carnal senses of what you want to feel versus what you don't want to feel. You want everyone to love you and everyone to give you a hug. Well, 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 we're not in that hour at this moment. Persecution is this hour. For Christ's sake. But that's pure glory for us because we're going to see it's going to accomplish a far greater way to glory for us. And so this is what Jesus said to his disciples. They were offended when he said you have to, what did they get offended? If we go to verse 53, just 10 verses up higher. Jesus said to them, what did he say again? I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, this is the fight of faith. You eat the flesh of this word. Oh, I don't want to read my Bible again. It's not just, just, just the mere book that, that's titled Bible, B-I-B-L. It's not just, this, this is the very flesh of your master, the word made flesh. <laughs> We're getting it. We're getting it. Unless, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, the, 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 the cup of this new covenant, of this narrow way of life, 
which really leads me into pure liberty of the Holy Spirit that was given to us on the day of Pentecost. Unless you drink, so you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, the life of this Word, the life, the life, the life is found in the blood. Isn't that what the Old Testament talks about? The atoning sacrifices, that, that blood had to be shed through those sacrifices because the very life, the very life of the animal was in the blood. So blood had to pour out for life to be given to atone for the sin of, of the nation of Israel at the time. Well, now, now the blood, not of, not, not of goats and bulls and lambs, but the very blood of the Son of God was poured out and that life of His was released. He was pressed. He was pressed for this divine release. So we now, as we undergo the, the press of this new creation life that is really a press to the outer man, but pure liberty to your new man, that we are now coming and being allowed to release His very life to the world for Christ to be seen through you and I. That is a work of the Spirit. Okay, so, so He said, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink the, His blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. You cannot have eternal life within you unless you partake of truth, unless you abide in truth, unless you eat and drink truth. You cannot have eternal life within you. And so when Paul tells Timothy, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, to which you were called, you were called, and we read the word was summoned, invited to, and have confessed the good confession. This confession is that Jesus is Lord. In the presence of many witnesses, we're talking about eternal life within us. To bring forth fruit. Bring forth fruit. Okay, let's continue with the message. Let's now go to 2 Corinthians. Press for release. We'll start where we left off last week. Second Corinthians 4. And we'll read, we'll read, uh, let's see, maybe three to four verses here, but I wanted to read them from the Strong's Greek Concordance. I'm in, in the Strong's app here and, um, uh, sorry, in the, um, Bible Hub app. And I'm looking at the Strong's lexicon in the breaking down of these Greek words. I'm not a Greek scholar. I'm just going by the Strong's rendition of their scholarly understanding of the word. And so 2 Corinthians 4, 7, now we have this treasure. Now the word is now we have is we, we have that word is to have, to hold, possess. So now we have this possession, this treasure in jars of clay. I don't want to go back to this treasure. So now we have, we possess, we hold this treasure. The words treasure is storehouse 
for precious things. What did Jesus say? If you do not partake of me, of my body and my blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. Within you. You cannot have eternal life within you. Well, Paul here to the Corinthians is saying is that we now have this treasure in jars of clay. And this word treasure is storehouse for precious things. Hence, a treasure, a store, a deposit that is wealth. You see, everything you need for life and godliness is found where? Within you. In this new creation reality, this this new reality, the Christ life that you possess, eternal life. And so what we're doing right now, we're undergoing transformation that is of the Holy Spirit as we're renewing our mind and subduing the old carnal nature, really reckoning it dead. We're nullifying it daily. We are, we are putting it to bed, so to say. We're not looking back. We're pressing, pressing, pressing in this Christ nature so that why? So that from this Christ nature, we live the abundant Zoe life, eternal life of God. And this life to be poured out into the multitudes to bring life. That's why the word says we are now a life-giving spirit. So out of this treasure that is in earthen vessels in this body that you see of Dusty Schneider right now, right now. I've been noticing I've been wearing a lot of this color lately. I like this color. <laughs> it's, I think, my new favorite color. I'm beyond this. I'm beyond this outer man, you see. In me is a storehouse. This word treasure is the Greek 2344, and it says thesaurus. Sounds like the word thesaurus, right? It is that word, thesaurus. T-H-E-S-A-U-R-O-S. And it is treasure, a storehouse for precious things. Now, when we talk about this, don't think of heaven up there somewhere. We're talking about what Jesus says, eternal life in us. Paul is saying here, you have now this treasure in earthen vessels. We are the earthen vessel, but the treasure is not of us, he's going to tell us. It's of God. But he's now where? In me. So when we talk about the storehouse for my life, really, we look to him in us. The supply is where? In your job, in the world that's coming to not every day, new regulations, new rules, new pricing. New pricing. I think of pre-World War II the Weimar Republic in Germany. They woke up to new pricing every day. Inflation was hyperinflation. New pricing. What they thought bread cost next morning different. We're in this hour right now. And so if you think, or you were led to think, that your treasure is your job, your treasure is uh, whatever, whatever, the bank account, the inheritance, you want to go a little higher with your gaze. For what your treasure is, what there was the word say, your heart is there also. And so your treasure is to be in heaven where no rust nor moth can destroy, right? Now we know that the kingdom of God is within us. 
And so that's why I wanted to break this down because now verse 8 after this verse is going to talk to us about being hard pressed. And verse 9 is about being persecuted. And verse 10 is, we read these verses last week. And verse 10 is that now we carry the death of his body on the outer man. So why? The, the life of God may be revealed through us. That's why I'm breaking it down. The life of God within us is what the world wants to see. So this word treasure storehouse for precious things. We have precious things within me. This word two, three, four, four thesaurus is made up of uh, the word to put and to set, to set, which means stored up treasure and riches. God has already placed them in us. They are put in us. They're set in us already through the new birth. It says stored up treasure, riches, riches. You mean riches? I'm already rich. Yes, in Christ, you're beyond your human comprehension. Endowed with everything you ever need for life and godliness. Paying bills is the least of it. Giftings of the spirit. Wisdoms of navigation. In this moment, in this hour, all within us to be kept safe. Really, to be a lighthouse for many to be kept safe in this dark hour. A storehouse of treasure, including treasured thoughts, including treasured thoughts stored up in the heart and mind. <laughs> supernatural endowment of treasure, of thoughts that are of God, the very mind of Christ, the mind of the creator that spoke and light was, as light being light was, and the Holy Spirit hovered over the, 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 the dark of the deep. And, and when the, the, the Lord spoke, the word spoke, light be, the Holy Spirit executed light, light was and still is and always will be because he is light. He placed himself here, right here, in the very epicenter of where he cast the devil, earth, because that's our God, dominion. Dominion. Light is dominion, and you are light, and so that you have treasure stored up in your heart and in your mind. Understandings divine. No way is it of the Holy Spirit. This word, 2344, thesaurus is the root. Is the root, the English term thesaurus, which refers to storehouse, treasure of synonyms comes from. And thesaurus is literally a receptacle for valuables. We, in us, have a receptacle for valuables. Why look out there when he stored up everything in here? So now with the context of this word, let's go back to read that verse. Read that verse in its entirety. 
Now we have this treasure that we just looked at the word treasure in jars. That word jars is a vessel, implement. I love this. Implement, equipment, or apparatus. We are God's. We're God's instruments of righteousness. We are God's vessels. That word vessels, jars, that the, the Strong's translates it, is implement, equipment, apparatus, especially, look at this, look at what Strong says to my sweet husband, especially a wife as a contributing to the usefulness of the husband. Isn't that amazing? Vessels, they're useful. Vessels that are a blessing. Implement, equipment, apparatus. And if we take a closer look at that, it says a vessel that contains liquid. And uh, the usage can be used here as a vessel of mercy or a vessel of wrath. And any instrument by which anything is done, a household utensil of also of ships, uh, in terms of if it's in a ship, then that would be the tackle, referring to the tackle vessel. So the um, Strong's looks at how this word has been used in, in the, um, through the verses in the New Testament. And of course, the primary word translation will be a vessel, but also an implement such as household utensils, then um, what's fascinating that you have reference of it in Matthew 12. Hmm. Let me look at this verse in Matthew 12, 29. How can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods? This is the word, his goods vessel. Unless he first binds the strong man. Then he'll plunder his house. Um, so that word goods is the word vessels. And so now if we can get a better context of why the enemy is so after us. And the importance of us being a light to set the captives free. How can one enter strong man's house and plunder his goods, vessels, instruments, utensils, unless he first binds the strong man and then he'll plunder his house. So that puts us right back into a good fight of faith. The good fight of faith, when we start walking this way of resisting all temptation, of being able to allow the word of God to be our discerner, to check the motives of our heart as to why we do what we do. What is the motivation behind this thought, uh, this desire of mine? Then we are really setting ourselves apart for God's use so we can in turn become that strong man to bind the devil that has mustered his strength over someone that he's holding captive. And so we have to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to come. Now we go back to 2 Corinthians verse 4, 8. And this is the purpose of the heart press, to release the very glory of God, which is the very strength of God to, to release the captives free. So we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed, we are perplexed, but not in despair. So when we talk about the good fight of faith, 
We're talking about enduring some things. We're talking about withstanding some pressure. And this pressure is a hard pressure, but it's not one that can crush us. And so we're not to be intimidated by this walk of faith. No matter what you encounter in life, it's not to paralyze us. So this verse in the Strong's, we are pressed on every side, on all sides, and that actually on all sides is the word the whole, every kind, including all the forms of declension. That is, that means all, any, every, the whole. So just in case you feel your whole life is undergoing this pressure, yes, that is the truth. That's the purpose of this word, that we are hard-pressed on every side. <laughs> every side. Time to smile. You're being found in the scripture today. Give God the glory because you now can see the next moment tells you, you'll not be crushed. You'll not be crushed. The enemy is again overplaying his hand. He is again coming around on every side, lying and taunting. But when you know who you are, here comes now the fight of faith, the good fight of faith. You're stripping down the lies. You're saying, no, I'm not going to believe what my eyes see. It's temporal. It's subject to change. I know who I am. I know I'm called to this, to overcome it. I know. I know I'll not be crushed, nor would my, the ones, the ones are under this bombardment of the enemy fire would not be crushed either. No matter what the situation is, you're coming up above. Because you already are. And so that, that's on every side, whole, the whole parameter of you. <laughs> but not crushed. Crushed, crushed is crammed in closely. I like this. Let's look at this. This is what we're not. We're not crushed. This is the 4729 to be made narrow to compress. No, not possible. Not possible. Actually, when you start seeing the hard press, you got to know it's time for exhortation. Because in this moment of the hard press of this good fight of faith, you what? Humble yourself. You bow the knee to the word of God. You bow the knee. You bow the knee to the living God. You see him alone. And in, in that sight that you see him alone, you bow the knee to his word. He's exalting you the right moment. Expansion, enlargement is about to happen because you cannot be crammed in, made narrow, compressed. I hate narrow places. Oh, I like big. I like vast. That's why I love the ocean. I love big beaches. To be made narrow, to compress, we're not. It says, a usage of this word to crush is, I keep someone in a tight place. Satan cannot keep us in a tight place. Why? Because we're far above. We are we now citizens of heaven. 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 Don't forget your citizenship. Don't forget where, from where you live. Don't forget that you're now an ambassador of Christ on earth. Don't forget just because there's a pressure. Don't forget. Don't, don't go on, on trip up mode and, 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 and lose everything that God has entrusted to you in terms of revelation. You are a child of God. You are born again. You are of God and therefore you have already overcome the world. So this uh, 
to restrain, to cram, to press upon. No, that's not our portion in Christ. This word study is uh, to restrict, to keep in a closed space, like we just said, to hem in, because Satan would love to hem us in, but it's not possible. The word says will not be crushed, will not be hemmed in, severely crammed. I like this part, holding back affection for someone, like when refusing to respond positively because of a close heart. That sounds like offense. When we get offended and we respond from offense, that is a crushing that's happening. But when we refuse to respond negatively, just because someone did us wrong, whether they knew it or didn't, no, it doesn't matter. As long as we don't close our heart, we'll not be crushed. In 2 Corinthians 4, 8, right in this verse, Paul states that God's grace kept him in difficult circumstances from feeling such, from feeling cramped, restrained, and held back. I love that word. The next is perplexed, but not in despair. And so the the fight of faith, uh, I mean, there'll be some moments of perplexity. Like, so here, um, one of the meaning of this perplex is be at a loss. Be at a loss. Be perplexed. But no matter the perplexity, no matter whether we feel great little loss or little by little we feel like, oh, we're losing it. No, no, no. The word says we will not be in despair. And that word despair is to be despondent, to be utterly at a loss, to be in despair. And so why is it important to put your eyes on these things? Because it's a reminder. No matter what I feel, no matter what the report is, no matter what I'm told, that is not edifying. I will not be perp- I will not be crushed. And then the next one is I will not be in despair. There's always a way out. The way out is this work of transformation. And so now we go. The next one is in verse 9, persecuted but not forsaken. You can look at the strongs on your own time. Struck down but not destroyed. And the purpose of this is so that there will be a release of life. And that's why he gave me this title, press for release. Press for release. Press but not crushed. Perplexed but not in despair. So that we will know that we are always given up in our bodies to experience the very death of Christ. So whatever you go through, this to me is always what I keep before my sight. As long as I don't cave into the pressure and not go berserk in my emotions and throw tantrums and little crying fits, as long as I keep my mind above. Not before too long. That opposition will no longer be. Because I am in dominion. I'm in dominion of my responses. I'm in dominion to my thoughts. I'm in dominion of how I walk through this moment. 
I'm in dominion to uh, what I choose to move in, the lower realm of boohoo, uh, not going to make it. I've done that, never has worked for me. Versus coming back, I'll not be crushed. I'll not be crushed. I'll not be in despair. I'm a child of God. And this moment is going to work for me. It's going to work a crucifixion to my outer man. It's going to work a crucifixion to my carnal man that doesn't know what's going on. Good. Good, Desi. You don't know what's going on. You don't need to know it all. I just did a dominion talk about not being too high-minded from Psalm 131. A calm soul. So that there's only one knowing that I have in these hard moments of the press and of the perplexities is verse 10. Always caring about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who are, for we who live are always, and that word is always, it's always, 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 not sometimes are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. That the life of Jesus, can I say always, also may be manifested on mortal body. So when you walk through these moments in verse 18, is, I love that verse 18 really gives you a perfect recap of what we just read. The while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And in verse 17, we found out that they are working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Why? Because now we can jump to chapter 3 in the same book and realize that the Holy Spirit is navigating us through it all to bring forth a transformation. So I wouldn't know myself through this outer body that's mortal and carries the death of Jesus. But I'll know myself after the spirit man that he said in John 6, unless I eat of his flesh, flesh and drink of his blood, I'll not have eternal life within me. This storehouse needs to be explored and released to the world. It's not just for me. What a selfish life, what a selfish life one can live if we choose not to undergo transformation. Because if we don't undergo transformation, if we if we cave into the pressures, if we go into crush mode when the word says it's not our portion, then we're denying the world of Jesus. In, in chapter 3, verse 17, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So now we're going to go rah, rah, rah. Yeah, where the, the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But look at the purpose. Look at the purpose of this liberty of the spirit, of this abundance of the spirit within you. The pouring without measure in fullness, Christ himself living within you, not restricted. We all with unveiled face beholding us in a mirror. Beholding us in a mirror, the very word of God. Beholding us in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image. What image? Into the image that you want, the, of the word. Into the image of the word that you're beholding daily are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory as by the Spirit of the Lord. Romans 8, 29, we read this 
Oh, a few months ago, I spent a lot of time here about being conformed to the image of Jesus. If we go to verse 28 that we all have memorized, we're time to memorize verse 29. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose, for whom He foreknew, He also predestined. Can I say to, to, to go through this hard press? He, he also predestined to undergo transformation. He also predestined to undergo some perplexities. Where you realize in yourself you can do nothing. In the intelligence of your mind, you understand nothing. Vanities. But when you come to the surrender of the Christ life within you, when you refuse to cave in, when you refuse to fight a carnal fight with your brothers and sisters in Christ or your family, when you refuse to rely on human effort, avails nothing. You then, brother and sister, are coming into transformation, which is, which is from glory to glory, thereby and thus we find out the only way that glory is released is when you undergo transformation, that you are now predestined to walk in back to verse 29, for whom we foreknew, whom he foreknew, that is God, foreknowing us, he also predestined us to be conformed to be conformed to the image of His Son. To be conformed to the image of His Son. Looking unto Him as in a mirror. To bring forth a conformity. Why? Because I'm not going to behold the temporary, the passing vanities of the trial. I'm not going to behold the, the pressing moment of my life that is working for me. I'm not going to behold that which is going to tell me I'm going to go in despair. Because I know I'm not going to go in despair. We just read it. Who do we trust? My carnal senses are coming to naught. Oh, the word of the eternal God. You make your choice. You, I had to make the choice. And every day I make the choice. What Jesus said, the words I speak to you, they're what? Life. They're spirit. They give life. Yeah. 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 We're built for this. Yes, we are. Chomp, 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 we eat all adversity. You get strong, get strong. And we wear our shirts. We get strong. We march for glory. We radiate the glory of God because we're predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son that He might be. Why? Why are we predestined to be conformed? That He might be the firstborn among many brethren. The will know he will always have preeminence in my life, but I'll be as he is, his brethren. Do you know where else that word was used, conformed? Do you know where else that word was used, conformed? In Philippians 3.10, and I know we looked at it when I was teaching on conformity to Christ's nature. In Philippians 3.10, I believe it was. Is it? Yeah. So we just read that we were predestined, that God foreknew us. You know, little Desi was coming down the pipeline. Yes, he did. There she is. Yeah, there she is. July 8, 71 is when I was born. And the work of the Spirit started on my life. I remember when I was four years old, maybe three, having a desire for living waters. And I'm not even sure where the thought came outside of the Holy Spirit. 
desiring living waters, brought up in an atheist home. We grew up in, in communist environment. Didn't know what GOD meant at that time. Yet I had a desire for living waters. What was that? I was foreknown. I was foreknown. You were foreknown. Before the foundation of the world, and you were predestined for this moment right now. Why? For what, Desi? For what was I predestined? What's my call? Your call is to be just like Jesus. And so undergo this transformation. And so look at, look at Philippians 3.10. You hear Paul's heart. The one that wrote all the verses we read today. Yeah, all the verses we read today. Paul says that I may know him, to know him, to know the one I'm looking at, to know this mirror that's telling me who I am. I want to know him. I want to know the word made flesh because he's the, he's the full and the perfect expression of the Father. How do you get to know God? By knowing the one he sent, his son and his spirit. That I may know him, which is the word and the spirit. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. What? That's the press of faith for this release of life. The fellowship of his suffering. And here come, comes the word, being conformed to his death. What? Always carrying in my body the death of the Lord Jesus Christ so that his life be made manifest through my life. And that word manifest is revealed. To be made apparent, to be made visible, that his life, the life of Jesus, be made visible in my life, here now in my mortal body. So let's read verse 11, 10 and 11 again of Paul in Philippians 3. That I may know him, and we're going to finish here. That I may know him, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means, if by any means I may attain, this is it, the press of faith, to the resurrection from the dead, to live above. To live, to live here now as a citizen of heaven. Oh, Press for release. This is what we're talking about. And potentially continue next Sunday again. And we're done for today. Amen.